Super Talk Mississippi media production. Find your new ride at Kia McCombs all-new location at the corner of I-55 and Highway 98. Come find out why McComb loves Kia McComb at the corner of I-55 and Highway 98. Right on the corner, right on the price. He's the former president and publisher of the Sun-Herald, and now he's on the radio. Welcome to Coast View with Ricky Matthews on Super Talk Mississippi Gulf Coast 103.1. Good morning. Hope you're having a great day and welcome to Coast View, the show that every single day celebrates the men and women who are working so hard to make coastal Mississippi and Mississippi, for that matter, such a great place to live, work, and play. Hey, listen, I checked the numbers on social media. We get, you know, we get so much, so many numbers. And the uh, the the views of the show, the in- interaction with the post at the Coast View site on Facebook continue to go up. I really appreciate the engagement. I get so many wonderful notes from people about, you know, what we're doing with this show, the celebrations that we're doing with this show. And I thank you so much for paying attention. Uh, if you're if you're relatively new though, you don't know that uh, I came from media. I retired in 2016. I'd been publisher of the Sun Herald, and then from there I went to work for the largest. Uh, privately owned media company in the United States and had a terrific career there. And uh, in 2016, I retired and I was in my 50s and, you know, I uh, I, had, I didn't look back. In fact, I was going to spend time in the Delta and I was going to do some fishing and enjoy my grandkids and, and helping to raise my grandkids. And that was going to be the rest of my life, to be quite honest with you. I was in a pickup truck up in the Mississippi Delta with our farmer friend and I got a call from an intermediary who said, that he wanted to introduce me to Kim uh, Dillon and Steve Davenport, uh, the president and owner of Supertalk Mississippi Media, uh, about maybe potentially doing a daily show here in coastal Mississippi. I literally laughed out loud. There was no way I was going to get tied to a daily uh, radio show. Um, but I did offer to help because I understood what they wanted, and maybe I knew someone. Well, what, in, what, what happened after that was a series of conversations over, I guess, several months, actually, and uh, it came, I came to the realization along the way that the one thing I missed the most about being a publisher was connecting to the community. So I thought maybe I'll, I'll give this a try. But when I communicated back to Steve and Kim that I think I'm going to give this a shot, uh, Steve's reply to me was, I knew you were going to do it all along. I just had to wait for you to figure that out on your on your own. And he was right. And uh, and it's been a terrific marriage since. Over 800 shows uh, a year, a little over a year ago, started Super Talk Outdoors. Um, I've enjoyed working with Kim and Steve. I've worked with them on some other stuff as far as their strategic uh, goals for their company, et cetera. It's been a lot of fun for me. I've really enjoyed my association. And I'm thrilled today to have the owner of Supertalk Mississippi Media, Steve Davenport, join me to, to tell his story and to just chat for the next hour. So anyway, without any further ado, let me bring my friend Steve Davenport into the conversation and say good morning to you. How you doing, my friend? Good morning, Ricky. Doing great. That's good. So. Go ahead. You doing good today? I'm doing great. You knew I was going to do it from the f- first conversation, didn't you? Well, I kind of felt it. I mean, you know, you, when you when you've been in as long as I have, you can feel people when they like it or don't like it, even though they say, "Oh, yeah, let me think about it." But you never said, "Let me think about it." I, I always knew that you wanted to do it. I, I think that the biggest problem you had was how to, how you could manage that in your retirement. Because that's what you wanted to do, you know. You were yeah. hunting and fishing and grandkids, and and I think that's where you were. And I think once you solve that problem, 
that you could do it, then uh, you move forward with it. Listen, it's been a it's been an it's been an amazing journey, and I always had as a as a media executive, I always wondered. Um, how, you know, I, I looked at how digital media was changing all of our worlds. I thought it specifically about radio and satellite radio and the internet and all these things. I wondered how radio was holding its own. I know that newspapers did, weren't holding their own at all, at least the ones who had not really figured out their digital future. And, uh, you know, once I joined your company and began to be a part of it and came to the realization that you had built this very unique company, one of the most unique companies in America with the 12 radio stations that are part of Super Talk, and then, of course, the other 14 stations that you own across this state, it's rare, actually, to do it that way. I mean, what we've seen in the radio business is a lot of consolidations and pushing to sort of more, you know, driving local shows from the national level. But you sort of had a gut feeling that as long as you address the needs of this state, as long as you focused on being local, you, you had a real opportunity. And uh, you never really deviated much from that goal, did you? No, I didn't. If you... If you... You know, research radio. Radio was put there by the federal government to serve the local public, to serve that community. And when deregulation came along, it totally changed because, you know, you used to have four or five owners in a market were local people. And then, and now you've got all these big corporations on it. And uh, so you lost that local thing. So I always thought you could do it if we could get back to local. And, uh, you know, we got lucky around, down the road, and a lot of good things happened to us. But uh, the goal was to make it local. We, we knew that for us to survive, we had to do uh, Mississippi stuff. And you did that and so well. And we're going to really get into sort of this. I, I think of it as sort of a snowball going down going down the uh, the hill. You kept adding and adding and bringing networks in. And, and the more you sort of implemented your strategy, the more committed you got to what you were you were wanting to accomplish. And and again, look where you are today. Even I mean the competition and and just for people's time and energy with with smartphones and all these other things, you found a way to make super talk sort of the center of so many important conversations. And we're going to come back to all that in just a second. Hey, before we go any further, I have uh, spent some time here on my show the last couple of days talking about the tornadoes. And, of course, here we here in coastal Mississippi know so well, but Mississippi in general we know so well. We've had to face our share of, uh, of, of tragedy and disasters, and we're an incredibly resilient uh, community. But you actually own a, a radio station in Greenwood. You have a tremendous love for the Delta. And what we're watching happen there in the Delta as we speak is uh, it's not only inspiring, but it's another reminder that Supertalk has a role in bringing attention to all those needs that are that that are that are that are there now in the Delta. What do you have to say about that? Well, I think Rick, a lot of people say, well, you know, Rolling Fork was where the it basically hit. Basically, just there is no Rolling Fork today as as it was yesterday. And most people say, well, you know, it was a small community, wasn't there. But I had a friend of mine from the Delta call me the other day, and they said to me, Steve, do you realize that grocery store in Roland Fork was also the grocery store for Issaquina County and Sharkey County? They, they, they Basically, a lot of people got their groceries there. And the fast food uh, places were there. That was it, even though it was not a big place. Everybody in those two counties in Sharkey, Essequina, and you're familiar with the Delta, there's not a lot of people in there. It's farmland. But those people right now have nowhere to get their groceries. I mean, and so uh, it's, it's, a, it's a desperate thing. But I, I do think, as Mississippians did for Katrina, you know, when Katrina, and I'm from the coast, he had, I said, 
I'm not I'm not sure uh, they can survive it. But they did, and they did it with the help of the people that live there, and they did it with the help with people on the outside. Rolling Fork's going to need people from the outside because there's not yeah. enough people there to do it themselves. The Rolling Fork need, needs the state's help, uh, their neighbors' help in other counties, and I think they're getting it. Uh, and it's going to be a long way back, but uh, it's a yeah. real sad situation. And Amory's the same. Amory is not the same. Well, Amory is a is a really great town, but they, you know, West I think it was West Amory that got hit pretty hard. And that community up there around Columbus and Tupelo, they, you know, they, they're going to help them. But it's anytime we have these tornadoes or disasters, I, Mississippi's really been good about helping their neighbors and adjoining cities. So I think it'll happen again. And the, and the Calvary, the Calvary has come, and I think they will continue to come to help those people. After Katrina, I wrote a book of lessons. And uh, one of the lessons I wrote was serve others selflessly and tirelessly. And I'll just hum a bar from it real quick. But I read the entire lesson on the show yesterday. But what I said is you can say Katrina wiped away the confusing devices. And this is true of the tornado as well. Uh, the confusing device of defining characteristics of those boundaries and left us with the essence of the human spirit, an unbelievably inspiring lesson about who we are and what we are to each other. When the going gets tough, the world gets small, we need each other. We're all human, period. Find a way to serve others. I think one of the reasons that Mississippi is so able to sort of bounce back after disasters is that we come, it, it doesn't matter who you are, where you are, what color you are, it doesn't matter. We, we are going to help our neighbors. We come out of the woodwork, and that's one of the reasons we're so darn resilient as a state. Sometimes that's gets, that gets missed in the national press, and it drives me crazy, to be quite honest with you. But um, in, in times like this, is a chance for us to see the essence of the human spirit, and it's very inspiring, isn't it? It, it is. And, you know, the Delta is a unique place. Uh, I live there. You, you, you go up there and hunt fish, and it's a great—it's just a great, unique place. And, and, and uh, it's sad to see this happen. And uh, hopefully and, and prayfully, it, you know, they'll get the need, the food and the money and the need they do, the things they do to rebuild that city. And I think they will. Yeah, it's a it's a sad to watch, and you're right. I spent a lot of time in the Mississippi Delta. I love it there. The people there are so incredibly welcoming, and um, so I know I know the kind of people that have been impacted by this, and the people who are going there to help. They'll be inspired by the spirit of those people, and we will see them them bounce back just like we did after Hurricane Katrina, and it'd be another incredible story. Steve, let's do this. But I, I, I want to kind of frame your company. You know, I've, I've talked about it here on this show many times. Um, we're going to sort of rebuild the steps of building this company from the very beginning. But when you're sitting with someone who doesn't know anything about your company, how do you describe it to them? Well, I, I mainly used to have it is a... Where hey, hey, Steve, let's do th let's do this. I didn't realize we were at the end of this segment. Let's let's pick it up right there when we get on the other side. This is uh, Steve Davenport. He owns Super Talk Mississippi Media. He's become a good friend over the last two or three years, and I, I can't wait for you to learn more about his inspiring story. So when we come back, we'll continue our conversation with Steve. See you right after this. live or on demand and watch episodes of Coast View on your laptop, desktop, or on your phone or tablet by going to supertalkmsgulfcoast.com. 
His love for the coast is why he's here. It's Coast View with Ricky Matthews on Super Talk Mississippi Gulf Coast 103.1. Welcome back to Coast View. The uh, story of Super Talk Mississippi Media is about a company that has stood the test of time, but at the same time, it's adapted to the challenges along the way, whether they be digital challenges or whatever they might be. This company has has uh, has proven that they can address uh, the strategic needs and, and move forward in a way that they build a, a strong, diversified company that at its core is all about serving the community. That's what Supertalk is really focused on. And we're going to tell that story today with the owner of Supertalk, my friend Steve Davenport. When we went to break, I was asking Steve to tell me if he were to sit with someone and just sort of give them the sort of the short story of what his company is, what would he tell them? Why don't you pick it up from there, Steve? Well, I would think, you know, Ricky, we started it's basically Mississippians talking to Mississippi. We used to say that, you know, when we're on there, we're Mississippi talking to Mississippians. And then it, it kind of grew into multimedia. Now we do all kind of things. I mean, our company's gone through so many things. I mean, we started as an ag news network, you know, back before satellite delivery. And then all of a sudden we got in the sports business. And sports for 30 years just controlled us, ate us up. And then we got into the talk radio business, which is now Super Talk, which is now just got the wings and taken off. And now we're in the digital business. And we're doing uh, all our shows are videoed and on digital. We're selling digital advertising. And so it's just kind of progressed. And I used to tell, I tell my friends that some of them are still living in the radio business. We would talk about survival. But those radio owners and radio companies who said, okay, I've got my towers and I'm a radio station. They will not and did not survive. Those who embrace the change, the change of a phone app, of streaming, of video, and realize what you're what you're doing is you're selling basically a product, and you're delivering it on other platforms. and And we were way ahead delivering things on other platforms. Our news network, when we started it, was the first satellite delivered news network in the country, state radio network. And so uh, we've been able to change. Now, I'm not sure if it was because of me. I just think that. The way I grew up, I had nothing to lose, and we just rolled the dice, and, you know, we rolled a lot of sevens, and so it worked out pretty well for us. But we were always able to do the changes that we had to do, and I think well, that's what made us. Well, we talked in the first segment about sort of the root of success for radio business was all about local. I mean, I actually I remember, gosh, I remember so many in the early days, for example, when Hurricane Camille hit coast of Mississippi, everyone was glued to their radio stations, and WWL and local radio stations were really. You remember those days, I'm sure. Really I was were. working for a radio station in Pascagoula. Yeah, and it's a funny story. Uh, I was uh, 19 years old, and the manager Walter Smith, uh, you know, I was going to leave, and he said, "Where are you going?" And he said, "You can't leave. This is what we do. You're going to spend the night." So I spent the night. And what used to be a funeral home on Telephone Road, right there between Pasco and Moss Point. And there's stuff flying through, you're watching it. And uh, it that right there probably taught me. That that, that uh, Mr. Smith got up the next morning, and we got out there in his car with a two-wave, and we drove to the Pascagoula Bridge, you know, and it was damaged. And, and we basically were the only way people heard, because I remember— LOX TV flooding, watching it early that night with, uh, was it Ray Butterfield? Was that his name? Yes. I think yes. it was. My, so. yeah. And I said, 
I kind of that was part of the reason I did, I'm in the radio business today because it really was serving people. It was unbelievable the people saying, you know, they knew that their electricity was off, but they knew there were other people were out there. And of course, that was what 1969 August, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, August, August 1969. I'll never forget it. But you know, you mentioned Pascagoula, which is you know, is a, what a perfect segue actually you grew up in jackson county your dad worked at the shipyard you even worked at the shipyard at one point i think you said for three days but three days. tell me about growing up in in jackson county well i grew up in a catholic family and we uh my mother and daddy had seven kids and my daddy was and my mother did not work my daddy didn't allow that my daddy was a shipyard welder and uh he worked every day double shifts went to mass at 6 a.m then went to the to the shipyard at seven and uh, he was, most of the people there that uh, grew up around my father would say they wouldn't believe we would go home at night because my father was a strict disciplinarian. And uh, it, when I was a teenager, if we got in trouble, the uh, local authorities would not, they would just say, well, you're one of Mr. Deeds boys. And we said, yeah. And they said, well, you got five minutes to get home or I'm going to go to your house. And so we knew that going to my house was worse than uh, us getting a ticket or something. So I, I grew up in that. And my daddy worked and worked and worked and worked and worked. And uh, so I think that's where I got my work ethic. I, I kid people around here the other day that uh, I never take a vacation. Of course, they say, you're gone all the time. I said, yeah, but it's work-related. But uh, I don't know. I think that's where I got it from. And, you know, we grew up basically on the wrong side of the tracks. And uh, my daddy worked hard and— uh, when I got, you know, I got out, went to junior college, and then decided that uh, I was going to do something else that my father didn't want me to do. So my brother decided, well, "Won't you take a little summer job at the Ingalls?" So I was a laborer, putting stacking uh, scaffolds for the welders. That lasted. I, I probably stretched it four days. Uh, I'm not sure it lasted more than one or two. I mean, it was 120 degrees down the bottom of those ships, and I'm thinking. That time, Ricky, you won't believe it, but I weighed about 130 pounds. And I'm thinking, man, I can't do this. So uh, I got out of that and then went back to work for Walter Smith, the radio station, full-time and took classes at at South Alabama, which is now what the University of South Alabama. And uh, from there, decided that I was going to get in the radio business. But uh, my goal was to be a college announcer. I figured I could do that. I'd done high school games, matter of fact, we were, I was doing the games for Moss Point High School, and uh, George Dale, the former insurance commissioner who was the principal there, he was a color analyst, and he and I would do the games t- together, and we were, funny story, we were doing Laurel one time up in Laurel, and uh, about halftime, the guy knocked on the door and said, are you the two guys from Moss Point? We said, yeah, and he says, well, they've been trying to reach you. Y'all been off the air the whole first half. Well, <laughs> I claim that George kicked the plug and unplugged us, and he claims I kicked a plug and unplugged us. But anyway, but uh, and that's how it started. And I got in that, and then uh, realized I had to get in the sales to make money. And so, yeah. so, so you did that for a while. When did you? When did you decide I'm gonna buy? I'm gonna buy a radio station. Well, I started off, and this will be a quick run. I, I left in about seventy. 172 and worked for a radio station in Columbus, then a sales manager in Greenwood, Mississippi, managed a station in Cleveland, Mississippi. Some guys came through and convinced me to go to Dallas with them and get into trying to buy a radio station. I go to Dallas and halfway through I found out they were not really really who I need to be a business with. 
So then I had uh, some people in Pascagoula tell me, well, why don't there's a deal in San Angelo, Texas? Why don't you go out there and let's buy a station in San Angelo, Texas? I don't know if you've ever been to San Angelo. Uh, goat ropers and cowboys. And so when I got there, the, the, there was a goat farm across from the radio station. So, but I go out there and and they get they had sent me some money to go put this deal together. And I was, uh, you better hold on. I was uh, 27 years old. I remember that because it was uh, 77 when Elvis died. I was 27 years old. And I get out there for about two months, and the deal falls through, and I have no money. And I'm out in San Angelo, Texas. So then the worst thing that could ever happen to me in my life, I have to call my dad and tell him I have no money. Wow. And I'm out there, and I mean, I had no money to eat or anything. So he sends me money to put gas in the car and get me back to the coast. And I lived for a year with my sister in Pascagoula and then took a manager's job in uh, Bay St. Louis, a radio station there. The guy, it was owned by a car dealer, Bill Garrett, I think it was, over in Slidell. And uh, and then I moved on in 79. I went to work for Jimmy Love and LOX to manage the station in Jackson. And I came here in 79, and it, from there it went on. Yeah, it's incredible. You know, it's interesting. Um, <clears throat> those early days <clears throat> made me think of I had bought my first house. I really couldn't afford to have a house. I was living alone, and I could eat bologna sandwiches. And one time, my mother came over, and she opened up my refrigerator and saw that I had bologna and mayonnaise. And she said, let me go get you some groceries. I said, no, Mom, you don't understand. It's really important for me to eat those bologna sandwiches. That's, uh, you know, not being able to afford to put gas in your in your car to get home. And what you know that call to your dad. Those are those are really important character moments in your life that you say, you know what, I'm I'm never going to be in this position again. I'm going to to be driven to accomplish my goals, and that's what happened to you, isn't it? Well, it did. But I think those five years and, and, and getting out and moving on and going from place to place to place. I mean, I think that did wonders for me. I met all kind of people and. Uh, Probably two-thirds of them I, I wouldn't want to meet again. But, I mean, it was things that you had to do. You had to learn how, how things were done. And uh, then, then, you know, I get here in uh, Jackson and uh, to run this company for uh, Love Communications. Then they sell it about a year later. And uh, But I survived that. Uh, but that all drove me to meeting my original partners who, who we were in business with for 30-something years. They had a family out of Hazelwood, which really helped build this company. Yeah, that's that's exciting what happened after that. When we come back, we'll continue our conversation with the owner of Super Talk Mississippi Media. We'll talk about the evolution of this incredible company, and then we'll talk a little bit about where they are today and uh, where do they go from here. We'll see you after this. for free to the Coast View Podcast on iTunes, Google Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. He's the former president and publisher of the Sun-Herald, and now he's on the radio. Welcome to Coast View with Ricky Matthews on Super Talk Mississippi Gulf Coast 103.1. 
Welcome back to Coast View. This is a special uh, edition of Coast View, for, at least for me it is, the opportunity to spend some time with the owner of Supertalk Mississippi Media, Steve Davenport. And when we went to break, he had just mentioned that he had met, uh, started working with the family out of uh, Hazelhurst in the radio business. And um, you could say the rest is history, but it really isn't. But that really did open up incredible opportunity from you from that point forward, didn't it, Steve? Well, it did. The, as I said, the company was sold to uh, Love, sold it to Louisiana Network, and became Interstate Communications. And then we had we just didn't get along. And uh, I'd gotten him into the sports business in Mississippi State, and Ole Miss signed contracts with them. And uh, I ended up uh, well, I ended up getting fired. And so I told him that uh, I was going to talk to the universities, and they basically told me I was taking it too personal. <laughs> I said, "Well, it's pretty personal." And I had a neighbor named Will Henley who was just out of law school, lived across the street. We're talking to talking about it. And he said, well, why don't we just buy it? Of course, I didn't have the money, but they did. So we cut a, a deal. We went to 50-50 partnership. And they went to Louisiana without me, and they cut the deal. And their reason to get into it, to be honest, is they were all Ole Miss graduates. And they just thought, loved the idea of being around the Ole Miss Rebels. And so... We got in business in uh, 1981, and I bought them out in 2008. So it was a long run. But uh, it was probably the greatest thing because they brought to the table what what I didn't have, and that was the ability to go to banks and financial institutions and do it. They were uh, from a longstanding uh, uh, family that was in the banking business. They knew how to to manage it, and so they basically became the uh, financial arm of uh, the company. And in the 30-something years we were in business, uh, Ricky, we never had a disagreement. Wow. I mean, they never yeah. asked me what I was doing. They never said, you're spending too much money there. They never said anything. Now, the fact that the company was very profitable and they all everybody got their money back within 24 months helped, but uh, I, th- I think Without them, I wouldn't be here today. I couldn't. I, I did not have the ability to uh, manage the financial end because I mean, we started purchasing a bunch of radio stations for a lot of money, and and our debt went up, and uh, I, I would not have been able to do that. But we moved on and on and on, signed long term contracts with universities. I think the last one we signed was for twenty seven million with Ole Miss and the state, and uh, and then we got out of the sports business right after two oh eight. Yeah, that's when, that's when the big boys came along and made it that's made it hard to, to do that. But what's interesting about your story as a former CEO is that you didn't want your core business to just be radio. You 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 knew that this extension that was uh, were these networks, especially the sports networks, it was a way to diversify your company. And you found a lot of success during that time, didn't you? Well, I did. And sports, it's hard to believe, sports brought me to politics. Yeah, yeah. Because you know, we were adding radio stations, and we and we bought Jackson and said, what are we going to do with it? We said, let's do talk. As a matter of fact, the morning show was Don Imus, if you can believe that. And, uh, and I learned then the relationships between politics and sports and politics and everything you do every day of your life. And so politics began to take over. Because uh, we spent so much time on sports. I mean, we were up there every day at State and Ole Miss and Southern, and we did Jackson State. And so, and then we slowly got out of that. When, uh, well, I think when I saw it, I was the last independent operator in college sports. 
And so, wow. And that was, uh, we sold almost nine years ago. So I think that the politics, we bought all these stations and we started Super Talk. Then the politics became such a big deal and it got, it, it was, it was huge. And, uh, we had great people on the air, and it just it grew and grew and grew, and uh, the influence was unbelievable. And, uh, you know, the irony of it is we started with the Democrats, and the Democrats were all my, all our friends. And they were, you know, the late Tim Ford is one of my closest friends in the world. And and then and then we led, and I won't use the word rebe- rebellion, but we re- led the change to the, the Republicans taking over the House. And uh, so it's kind of odd how it worked out, but, I mean, politics— that drove us because it, you know, I don't think the average Mississippian knew how what politics did to their life every day, and uh, and we got when we got when we covered every county in Mississippi, we introduced Northeast Mississippi, Tupelo and Boonville to Biloxi, and you'd be yeah. shocked how many people from Boonville have never been to Biloxi. <laughs> yeah, I, I get it. Yeah, I get. You know what's what's interesting though. You, you okay? So you think about the evolution of the conversations around the politics and policy, and just again everything in our life. I mean, I've I've experienced that on my Super Talk Outdoor show. That that you know when you talk start talking about wildlife and wildlife conservation and and the Department of Wildlife, Fisheries and Parks and political influence and all. I mean, you cannot separate these issues. This is what makes moving the state forward. We have to have good public discussion and debate around it. And Super Talk's been at the center of just about every important question, uh, every important discussion and debate for a lot of years now. And still today is at the center of so many important debates. When you look at it today and what it has become, does it blow your mind or are you just simply not surprised because you understand how these things are webbed together? No, it surprises me every day. It's like when you first went to work, you asked me, uh, when will I know that people are listening? I says, you'll know. When you you cross a bridge and they don't want you to be on that bridge, you'll know. And when you cross that bridge, Ricky, they told you, you know. Yeah, they did. They did. That's it. Of course, I knew that as a publisher. You know, I was a publisher for 16 years. I knew I got to know pretty well where the lines are going to be. And when we wrote a tough editorial or got involved in an important debate, especially after Hurricane Katrina, lots and lots of really, really deep and significant debates about the future of coastal Mississippi, I knew, you know, you're going to step on some feet. So, I, you know, one of the re- one of the reasons I wanted to do this is I wanted to have the opportunity to make a difference, to have a conversation. And the thing I kept asking you was uh, that very question. I, I want, I didn't want to do this if I couldn't have sort of an influential voice in the conversation, not just me, incidentally, the show and the people I bring into the show. And, uh, and you know, certainly it's happened. <laughs> I saw, saw it on, in the conversations we had around coastal Mississippi tourism. I've seen it. I've seen it on Super Talk Outdoors with the debate around the white-tailed deer and whether we should sell those or not and the conversation around the Outdoor Stewardship Trust Fund. To me, that part of the conversation, even though it can get sticky at times, is the, is the thing that creates passion for me to want to be involved in that because I know when you're getting that kind of feedback that you're having the right conversation and you've seen it over and over and over again, haven't you? We have and you know, we, we've been on the wrong side sometimes and the right side sometimes but the, the I think the important thing is that we were there, that we were bringing up the issues and it's about bringing up the issues, whether you're, whether you're for it or not for it 
And I mean, I you know, I don't I don't agree with everything that uh, our our guys put on the air. I don't agree with Gerard and Gallo and you every day. But what we don't do, I mean, when we get people on there, we're ha- we're hiring them for their opinion. Yeah, we don't go in and say, okay, this is what Steve Davenport believes. Now I may tell them what I believe, but yeah. I I mean, we don't tell them or say force them into our opinion. And uh, I think that helps. And I mean, we've got issues right now that if if we set everybody down, that it could be three or four different opinions of it. And I think that's good. I I think it is too. I actually, what's what's interesting to me and the thing that I've said to you on a number of occasions, the reason why I'm willing to do this in retirement is that I have independence. My voice is an independent voice. And with with independence, as I learned as a publisher, because I always worked for boards of directors that gave me tremendous independence as a publisher, it's liberating. It's liber- Your voice is liberating. You can then have the tough conversation. You can speak truth to power wh- and respectfully and when it's important to do that. You may not always be right, but you need to have those public conversations. The fact that you sort of get that to the core of your being is the reason I do what I do. It's the reason that you and I are having this conversation right now because otherwise I wouldn't do it. I, could, I couldn't do it and be effective because I'm not here. I, got, I had my 15 minutes of fame. I come into my studio at the house. When I get done, I go spend time with Ann. I'm going to go wash the house today. That's what I do. So I, the reason I do it is because I want to have a voice and I want to bring people into the conversation that can make a difference. And you enable that. And when the going gets tough, you enable it even more. You don't get shy. I love that about you, Steve. And I, I, again, that's, that takes a lot of experience to get to a point where you have that kind of confidence. Did you always feel that? Or did that, is that something that developed no. over time? No, no, I didn't always feel it. I, I will tell you when, when we had all the wars between the Democrats and the Republicans, it was, it was tough. Uh, as I mentioned, Tim Ford was a good, a good friend of mine, and uh, and the irony of that is Tim Ford never appeared on Super. Talk. Yeah, yeah. He asked me, "Would you appear on Super Talk?" I said, "Not on your best day." <laughs> and uh, he never appeared. Uh, I, I just think, I, you know. It, I think that you have to be fair to people, and, and we have things that we do sometimes that really frustrates me. Yeah. Uh, but you have to realize that uh, a difference of opinion is okay. I don't, I don't like it when it gets to hatred, but I, I think a difference of opinion is okay. I think respectfully having the conversation. Uh, the thing is that sometimes people don't even want you to bring things up. <laughs> they don't. Even, they don't want the light of day on what they're doing, and they will do everything in their power to try to try to shut your voice. But you're you're used to that. I'm used to that as a publisher. And there's a there's a there's a something really magical about when you can make that work and and you know how to make the keep have the conversation. When we come back, we'll continue our conversation with Steve Davenport. <laughs> This is Coast View with Ricky Matthews on Super Talk Mississippi Gulf Coast 103.1. Welcome back to Coast View. I have my friend, the, the owner of Super Talk Mississippi Media, Steve Davenport. If you think, look at, if you look at um, 
this company, Supertalk Mississippi Media, it's 26 radio stations, 12 that are part of the Supertalk network, a thriving digital business. I mean, just an incredible, I mean, this, this company has embraced digital advertising, has brought in some of the best capabilities as it relates to that, helping companies achieve their goals through, you know, giving them a digital presence. Incredible what they've done there. People know Supertalk in different ways. You might enjoy politics and therefore you're listening to Gerard or Gallo. You might love Ole Miss sports. If so, you're listening to the sports team things might go from Mississippi State or Ole Miss or you know, any number of other uh, uh, statewide uh, co- collegiate programs or even local high school programs. But people know Super Talk in different ways. You may know it through COSU. This may be the way that you've been introduced to Super Talk Mississippi Media. But but again, the key to success. Steve, is being able to have all these different conversations and bring people into the conversation in so many different ways. And that's the way you you build listenership. That's the way you bring people to the podcast and to the YouTube and Facebook videos and all that you have to offer. And when it works, the cumulative effect of all of that is that you can really help bring about change. At least you can have conversations around where this state wants to be when it grows up. And that's what the part, that part is about making a difference. And that's got to give you a charge to feel that well it does ricky but i'm gonna tell you this what this company's about it's about people you have to realize that the average in the 40 something years we've been here we've had people that average staying time with our company is 20 something years uh, and we hire good people and 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 i do I, the one ability i have is to recognize my weaknesses and hire people to do the other things 19 years ago i hired kim Dillon to come to work here at the insistence of Speaker Ford, to be honest. He told me, he told me, you don't understand politics. You need to hire Kim Dillon. And so that's how that happened. And she moved on to be president. We hired a COO, uh, Ashley uh, Tellis of uh, Fortenberry, who uh, came from a large law firm. I have an in-house CPA that's been with me 20-something years. Our board of directors is three women and myself. Now, so... A lot of people won't believe Beth, but that's that's the way it is. And we hire great people. I mean, we get to the point that we walk around and say, when's so-and-so going to retire? You know? Well, we, yeah. we never do that. But it's just a and – it, and it feels good. It's almost like a family atmosphere. And we do things for our employees that large corporations can. We've been through deaths with people. We've been through cancer with several people. And we've had people lose children. There's a lot of things that we do and care about our employees that I think makes us who we are. And, uh, and but, you, but, you know, it's all about the people we hired. I mean, and Kim and Ashley and Tanya have done a great job running this company. And, and then when we got to the digital business, Kim says, you need, she researched it and said, we need to go see Ricky Matthews. You know, he did the Katrina deal and he did change the uh, Times Picayune, went to uh, NOLA.com. And so when you talk about our move into digital, Basically, Ricky Matthews moved us into digital because I will tell you, we would have never moved into digital without you because we wouldn't have done. That's one step I would not have made. One, because my lack of knowledge of it and we didn't have anybody. And you're the one that encouraged us and you got to go hire this person. You got to do this and what we did. And so, you know, we're grateful for you and all the things you've done. And and the last, gosh, it seems like forever, but I'm sure it's only about five since COVID because I remember talking to you with COVID. When you were thinking about, well, maybe I don't want to do this anymore. But I, I mean, I think that, I think that in business, things come along in, in your business. You either take advantage of it if you don't. And we've always, for whatever reason, just jumped off in the deep end. And uh, 
And I still was, I'm still shocked about the digital movement. I mean, in all the streaming and, you know, we're about to do a new, do a new deal with Amazon and Alexa. So, I mean, it's, it's just moving forward. Well, you have to embrace change. And, and the one, you know, the thing I always learned in my career, because I was always involved in change efforts really throughout most of my career, is that we all sort of deal with change initially the same. Everyone resists it initially because no. you just don't want to believe that it's going to be as significant as they say it might be. But the digital tsunami is real, <laughs> and it has overtaken a lot of companies that didn't embrace the reality of it. And Supertalk Mississippi Media did not do that. You 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 embraced it. And as a result, you've built this multimedia force to be reckoned with that, that people who aren't you know, who may not be on the outside looking and not paying attention to the, sort of the day-to-day conversations don't fully appreciate. But, boy, when you want to talk to the speaker or the governor or the lieutenant governor or anyone in this state who has an important thing to say, uh, they come to Super Talk first. This is the place they come first. And uh, the kind of conversations that are taking place are just incredible. And uh, this co- this company's making a tremendous uh, a tremendous difference. And one of the things it's interesting, Steve, you've uh, people have tried to uh, float a narrative about you that um, that there's that when when I'm on my show that when someone's on this show there's going to be some kind of quid pro quo. I hate when people that's been written at least once that I know of, and it's a really unfortunate for someone who didn't understand this company. The reality is, you have never, in over 800 shows, never told me to say anything or do anything. And with that, I, I will have to end. But I'll say the integrity uh, that that speaks to in you is probably the most interesting and most important thing I could end on. But it's been a pleasure to have a conversation with you, my friend, and uh, keep up the great work and keep inspiring us. I've enjoyed it, Ricky. You bet. This has been Steve Davenport, the owner of Super Talk Mississippi Media. Have a great day, and we will see you tomorrow. Super Talk Mississippi Gulf Coast 103.1 on Facebook. Facebook.com slash Super Talk MS Coast 103.1. A Super Talk Mississippi media production.